Hello, happy humans, happy Monday. Today's In Conversation episode is with Manja Creatives, Oli Bazani and Nick Bevan. Both boys are changing the dynamic of Manja's entertainment scene. And I'm excited to give you a little insight into the amazing projects they have been involved in and launched together. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. So, Ollie, you have a really large resume, so can you tell us a little bit more? What's your current roles and projects? Yeah, so uh, obviously, firstly, work alongside Nick um, with Alex Health Community, um, and we have a suite of different projects we work within that. Um, I also do some innovation consulting myself, so I get to work with a bunch of different really interesting uh, startup companies. Um, and work with them to grow their ideas and turn them into commercial um, businesses. Uh, And I'm also on the board of Regional Arts WA, which is the peak body for artists across WA. Um, And we work to really provide um, opportunities for um, artists in in regions um, in the arts and culture space. Wow, sounds like you've got a lot going on. (laughs) Nick, what about yourself? So I work with Ollie with LXF Community as well. Um, so we've got, as Ollie said, range of different projects together. Uh, I then have a collective of DJs um, called Ugly DJ Co, which I started up with a friend, Andrew, who now lives in, in London. Um, so I'm running that by myself and we supply DJs to sort of businesses and events and festivals from you know the southwest right up to, to Perth. Um, that's, that's pretty much what takes up most of my time. time yeah, well, <laughs> sounds pretty cool. So I love capturing inspiring stories and really diving deep into the reasons behind people do what they do. So, Ollie, can you feel the gap between graduating high school and now? Yeah, so graduated high school. I uh, was really excited to kind of jump straight into university. Um, I was lucky enough to move from Mandurah straight to Perth to go to college as well. Um, into a whole new world. I started in engineering, uh, six months in, realized that's very not for me, (laughs) Um, and jumped over into finance and business law. So finished my degree um, within that and was really lucky to spend the last six months um, of my degree over in Canada, uh, studying at Queen's University there. And that's where I really had my eyes open, I guess, to the world of entrepreneurship and startup business, um, being able to work with uh, some really interesting businesses over there. Uh, prior to that, I was pretty set on going down you know, the traditional kind of finance pathway, um, but also had this burning desire, I guess, about doing something myself. Um, growing up uh, in a family where we always had a small business, mum and dad, um, we're always working on some sort of project and so I think that was always in the back of my mind and something that was really embedded within myself um, and had a few smaller kind of businesses throughout uni, um, some successful, some terribly unsuccessful um, and yeah, uh, came back from Canada and really reevaluated what it was that I wanted to get stuck into and what I wanted to devote my time um, towards. And it ended up leading into this kind of startup entrepreneurship space, which has led me to work with a number of really interesting people, um, including Nick and what we've created, 
um, but as well trying to um, create situations and communities um, where entrepreneurship is seen as a legitimate pathway as well as university or going to TAFE um, and as working with other people myself really hands-on um, trying to build their businesses as well. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think you, you have a real incredible message there about, you know, whatever you start out doing, it doesn't mean that you're going to have to be in that job forever. And it's okay to dip your toes in, in different things, different courses until you really find what lights you up and excites you, um, especially like career-wise. So yeah. really, really powerful. What about yourself, Nick? Yeah, so I um, had a kind of after-school job throughout the tail end of high school and then finished high school, went straight into uni doing exercise physiology at Medoc. So exercise and sport was, you know, kind of one of my peak interests as a, as a teenager. Um, so I went down this path of exercise physiology and didn't, I enjoyed it but kind of didn't see myself long term as a, as a career option. Um, so I, I changed degrees after the first year to start studying commerce at Curtin, um, majoring in entrepreneurship, which I kind of got a bit of um, bit of a taste through my my job at the time, um, which was a, a local local business in in Mandurah, um, and then from there decided that hey, uni isn't really really for me. Maybe it wasn't what I was studying, but maybe it was actually the the, the uni its, itself. Um, so made the decision to kind of put uni on hold, not, not close that chapter forever, but you know, just stop for now and do a bit of work and gain a bit more experience in that management kind of field in small business, which I was luckily lucky enough to have a great boss and, and mentor at the time um, who really opened me with Welcome me with open arms into into that world, um, and learn a lot of lot of stuff that I still draw back on to this Today, day. Yeah. yeah, and I guess it's also really amazing that with university you can actually put it on hold, and you can you know maybe you want to go part time or do one unit at a time until you you finish it, and so it's got that real flexibility about exactly it. Exactly right. Yeah. So I still thought maybe uni's for me. I'll just work for a bit. So I worked for maybe two years. Um, with the same same owner managing a number of his small businesses. And then on the side, um, Andrew and I were good friends during school. And then after school, you know, living that kind of party uni lifestyle. Um, we both like DJing and music, so started Ugly DJ Co together. And we were in people's backyards, you know, every weekend DJing, having a great time, living our best life kind of thing. Um, and then from there, we went to expand on that and thought, you know, we love we love doing this hack and we grow. And what was it about it that you really loved? Probably the fun. The I just fun, had yeah. so much so much fun and you know, doing something that you enjoy, but seeing people having a good time because of something that, that you're, you've you're doing. Yeah, yeah, that's that so powerful. There's no no better feeling, and that's kind of really sparked my inspiration for events in particular. Is you know, you you create this amazing product and you know you do all the hard work beforehand and then on the day when it comes to the event people come and they're having a great time because of something you've done and for me that's really rewarding so yeah we started doing events together and that 
excited me at the time and as a probably more young naive uh, kid decided <laughs> hey you know this is fun why don't I quit my job and give this, die, a, go. Give this yeah. a go so yep. that's what I decided to do and I told mum and dad and they didn't think it was probably the best idea at the time and I was speaking to dad the actually, actually the other day and he said you know still doesn't agree with what I did but they're my parents and they're there to support me and you know that's what I wanted to do with my life and they've you know been really really big backers of, of that decision so yeah and it's it's always important to have like that support network around you Definitely. and sometimes it is hard when whether it's your parents or your friends that don't quite see what maybe your end goal is and so they might give you a little bit of resistance but if you persevere with it and you have the passion for it you can really make it work yeah. so pretty cool I think it's important to note just on that, the generational differences as well. The time we live in now as young people that are digital natives and um, living in Australia, being able you know, to be here, is our parents don't necessarily, or some parents don't necessarily understand you know, fully um, the, the world that as a young person we live in today where you can really can have your passion and where previously it wouldn't be viable to make a life out of that. Mm. Now you've got everything you need that from your bedroom you can you know build a business with your laptop and grow that globally if you wanted to. So how did you guys originally meet? Yeah so we had a mutual friend in, our, um, in Andrew Britton who was um, the third piece of the puzzle um, for a long time. Um, so he was working with Nick as you mentioned and I had heard a bit about what Andy was doing. Um, we were close friends growing up and we'd always bounced business ideas off each other um, for a long time. And um, Nick and Andrew, I think you were looking to expand beyond what you were doing with Ugly um, and looking more into this marketing and branding space as well. And we sat down and had a conversation one day about creating something together um, and said, yeah, hey, let's give it a shot. Uh, and that's where it was born from. So, And so what was the real turning point from having ideas and actually turning it into action? It's interesting. I feel by nature we've always kind of been guys that would just, hey, let's give it give a it go a and see what and happens. see where it goes, yeah. 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 Um, and our business has really kind of grown and walked quite an interesting path because of that. But it's almost not by design at all meant that we've been able to follow and chase the opportunities where they come, um, be able to follow kind of the trends within the areas we're working within. Um, and although it's definitely not the traditional way to run business, our accountant actually <laughs> at our last meeting asked to see our, our business plan and we're like, you know, we don't really have one. That's not how we've been running things. Um, but it's meant that we've been able to constantly yeah, adapt constantly and work with the times and innovate, prototype, hear something and go, oh, that's really interesting. We should test something in that space. Yeah. And if it fails, it fails, you move on to the next thing. But it means we've been able to move really agile, move quicker than other people in the space um, and provide the support to you know the people that we serve as necessary as it comes along. That's really cool. And I can see you guys have a great partnership and you really do bounce ideas off each other. So what do you think is important when you're going into business with a friend or maybe a family member? Yeah, I guess for me, I, the most important part of going into business with a friend or family matter or for anyone for that matter really is 
being able to separate business life with, with personal life. And I've seen it so many times with people that I know where, you know, they may take the, the business aspect too too personally and that yeah. that can be detrimental for that personal relationship. Um, so I guess the reason why Ollie and myself get along so well is, you know, life isn't perfect and we don't always get along all the time, but we can put that aside and say, hey, you know, we're, we're great mates. Um, that is over there and, you know, let's go and have a have a good time on the weekend. I think it's that just communication aspect and looking at things really objectively. And it's, at the end of it for me, it comes down to, you know, just really having high emotional intelligence or really being conscious of that and going, look, why is my business partner or whoever it is in business seeing it from their point of view mm. what's important to them what you know biases may they be bringing into it and what mm. biases am I bringing into this why why do I feel this way um, and at the end of it you know you've got to think about the pers- person or people you're serving who are you trying to help um, or offer your service to and they need to be at the center of all the decisions I yep. think ultimately if you do that, it doesn't matter what either of you think or whoever, you know, they come first and you've got to make the decision that's best for them, yeah. Sounds like very good advice. <laughs> I feel like anyone can take that on. <laughs> yeah, but it's difficult and, um, you know, you, like Nick mentioned. Yes, understanding see, everyone's perspective, your perspective, your business partner's perspective, your, you know, client or target audience perspective. Yeah, I feel like even a coach of a footy team can take that on as well. It's all about understanding people and, you know, especially when you're providing feedback to someone, considering what how they're going to take it as well, you know, what their personality is like, yeah. how, how you're going to, how's it going to come across, your tone of voice, all those sort of things are pretty important. So there's a few questions I love to ask each person who comes on the podcast. So I'll start with you, Ollie. Who inspires you? So I'm really inspired by my parents um, and my upbringing that they were able to um, give myself and my sister. Um, We grew up in England, um, between England and Switzerland, loved my time there, moved to Australia when we were eight. Um, And the reason for that was to give opportunity um, to myself and and my sister. And only recently have I been able to really reflect on, you know, the risk that was at that time. You know, it was later on in life for my parents. Um, they didn't know anyone in Perth. They were just kind of taking a punt. Um, but the opportunities that they provided me since then, it's you know, just been abundant and I'm so thankful for that yeah. um, and the opportunities that they've given me and continue to. Um, and that really you know, powers and inspires me to um, do the best I can and, and make the most out of what I've been given um, and yeah, be able to give that to other people. Um, as well as well as that the, the job and the work we do we get to work with so many interesting um, driven people and being able to collaborate with so many people like that and just feed off their energy and their passions hashtag popular <laughs> uh, yeah is, is what I love and that's what drives me every day that's so cool and we'll definitely dive into more about Scott's Garage and the creative space that you guys have created which is really cool yeah. Nick what about you who inspires you yeah, so I guess growing up, similar to Ollie, my parents um, both have a well have a small business together. So from right like a young young little tacker age, I was surrounded by small business and have kind of gone on that roller coaster with them through the good times and the bad. And then working 
um, for my neighbour at the time with their small businesses and in that difficult time of you know deciding whether uni life is for me or not getting that really strong mentorship from from him um, from such a young age as well yeah yeah it was amazing so that's kind of definitely shaped and driven my early years yeah, yeah. and I guess now the days you know there's so many different different inspiring people out there like Holly said we're working with different people all the time like for you example today you know it's such an awesome opportunity to come here and, and talk to you and yeah oh thank you and okay. you guys just met Julian Pace and he's an incredible guy with an incredible story he's doing amazing, amazing things you guys also have your own projects as well as Scott's Garage together yeah. so Ollie what does your daily what's your day look like what's your morning routines Interesting. Every day is different, and I know that can be a bit of a cliche. And I like it when you said it. Your face lit up as well, <laughs> yeah. so it's obviously exciting. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Um, but every day truly is different, um, and I love that. I love the flexibility that being able, you know, being a business owner um, affords me. Um, I have not been the best of morning routines <laughs> recently. I'll be totally honest on that. I'm one of the people um, that. I'm really good at getting stuff done late into the night and sometimes yeah. So you're I a night get, owl. I am. And sometimes I just get into <laughs> Nick's shaking his head. <laughs> so I'm, you're an early riser, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're kind of uh, opposite sides of the coin when it comes to yeah. when it comes to our working peak working hours. <laughs> and it's something initially I, you know, actively tried to change, but it's something that, you know, I've come to realise now it's when I do some of my best work and I just really embrace that. Um, so, yeah, in saying that, I am trying to get better at my morning routine and I'm really trying to prioritise um, this year my, you know, health and well-being and fitness and making that a big part of my um, routines, um, which I'm loving. And it's easy, I think, when you have so much going on and there's so much always happening um, to chase that. But I heard someone say recently, they were talking about their non-negotiables that they set. Um, so it's something I'm trying to bring in where you have your, you know, one, two, three, five non-negotiables and it's, you know, every week I need to go to the beach or spend time with family or work out, whatever it might be for you. Um, but you, you know, being authentic with yourself, that is important to me, but I do this every week. I love that. Um, it's like filling your cup up first before you can fill others up. And yeah, that's right. If you don't get enough sleep, if you don't move your body, you're yeah, not going to give your best self to other people. So yeah. I really like that, non-negotiables. Yeah, so trying to set those for myself now. Um, so that's working out, getting outside into nature, um, reading and spending time with family or friends. Uh, and then every day it, it's kind of a mix. So um, I'm a, another really big advocate for deep work. So being able to put your headphones on or get into whatever space that might be for you. Um, away from distractions, away from your phone, and just really focusing on one task at hand and really deep diving into that. I find now with so much stimulus um, and so much trying to pull you away, you need to create that space where your mind can just think and even be bored or blank for a while, but it's where that creativity really sparks. Um, so I try to set some time where I can just deep Purely dive into focus. work. Yeah. Um, and then the other section of my time is meeting new people, um, networking, doing meetings, um, and yeah, creating with them. That's really cool. Yeah. And Nick, what about yourself? What does your day diary look like and morning routines? 
my morning routine. Well, my day definitely starts with a, a coffee. Yeah. Uh, How do you like your coffee? I like it strong. Yeah. <laughs> um, generally, I'll have two coffees. So I'll have an espresso and a flat white. So nice, nice strong espresso to wake me up in the morning. And then that flat white is, you know, the nice warm hug to, to start your day. Start your day Good nicely. balance. Um, so yeah, start with the coffee and then get straight into it. So pretty much from, from the minute I'm, I'm up being a small business owner, you know, things come up unexpectedly all the time. Um, so if I can get the core work that I need to get done, done as early as possible, then it leaves sort of my afternoon a bit more flexible. And if, if something doesn't happen, then it gives me time to, to spend with myself or my family or, or do, you know, what you need to do. what I need to do. And where do you like to work from? Do you have an office at home? Um, do you like to go to cafes or is Scott's Garage where you do most of your work? Yeah, so it's funny funny you say that. So for myself, I'd spend, you know, 90% of my work time from home. And then I really started struggling splitting up that, that work-life balance. I felt like working from home, you know, I so was relatable. Always, always working. It's like, oh, man, you know this sucks, I just can't escape work. So then I started working from cafes on a daily basis, um, which, you know, I'd split up when I'm, you know, working from a cafe, that's my work time. When I'm home, put the computer away, yeah. you know, just chill out. That's that's home time now. And now now that we've started Scott's, spending a lot of time down there, and that's awesome because when I was working from cafes, quite often it was by myself, and it wasn't lonely, but, you know, it can get a bit boring at yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. Um, so now working at Scott's Garage, surrounded by all this creativity and inspiration, you know, it's super motivating for me. Let's talk Scott's Garage. So I visited your new event space last week um, and caught up with Ollie, and I was absolutely blown away by one, the water, and also the beauty of the interior that you guys have created. I love plants, light, and creativity, and that's exactly what it reflects. So how did you guys find this space and what's the history behind it? Yeah, so I guess working with so many creatives over a period of time now, um, we'd always had this dream of having a space where we could bring all these people together um, in a hub. We could do our work and collaborate with them and just have this really exciting space. Um, and initially we were just looking at taking up a lease in the warehouse kind of space in the industrial area. Um, and we were looking at that and kind of getting pretty serious about doing it. Um, and then my sister actually was on a boat going along the estuary and saw this Felice sign um, in this space and sent it to me and said, hey, like, do you know what's up there? No idea. So we, we gave them a call um, and went and checked it out. And that would have been about 12, just over 12 months ago now. Um, and met with a property owner who's this amazing um, lady and really... Um, saw the vision that we had um, and incredibly thankful for that. Can we give her a um, shout out? Who yeah, we it? can give her a shout out. Yeah, Monty. Um, oh, shout so out to you, Monty. Monty's realty. And we went up there and it's just this incredible space, um, just a big concrete slab essentially on the second And it does floor. have that warehouse look that you guys were also yeah, searching for, yeah, which is absolutely. really cool. Yeah. Except it's in the middle of town with this breathtaking view with, you know, you've got the iconic Mandra Bridge to your left 
um, the rest of the foreshore, you know, to the right. Dolphins just swimming past all day long. Yeah. So good. Uh, And we thought, you know, this is so perfect. And it really married two um, things that we're very conscious of. One being that we needed a space to break down silos and have creatives um, work together. But the second aspect was having something that's really public um, that can really highlight what young people in Mandra are doing and achieving um, and breaking down some of the stereotypes that are often, you know, um, pushed through the media and otherwise. Um, and we also find in our experience through that a lot of young people start to lose their ownership um, and sense of place within their town, uh, which for us does not align to the city that is Mandra. It's beautiful, it's yeah. you know, full of opportunity. So you guys are really changing the narrative around around Mandra and I totally, totally felt what you guys were just talking about, how you know, lost sense of ownership. You know, when I went away to university and people would say, oh, where are you from? I'd say Mandra and they go, oh, like, you know, okay. Yeah. But then now coming back, I feel like there's a massive change. It's got that tourist vibe to it. There's so many people creating amazing small businesses. I know there's a lot around um, Scott's Garage as well that have opened up, which is really exciting. All he's speaking about just before is we met up with some young local creatives um, before, before Christmas and talking about what they do and come up in conversation that you know when they talk to people about in Perth particular you know where where you're from they say oh we're from down south you know yeah. and not proud and putting that on their sleeve um, that, they're, that they're from Mandarin if we can help change that conversation and if more and more people can say hey you know we're I'm from Mandra we're doing really cool cool things then that's that's pretty special pretty special yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's where this really trying to drive that cultural shift through scott's garage for young people and beyond for the whole community and really show you know what is possible what and people are doing this unbelievable like world-class work yeah um so really having a public space that can that can showcase that and drive it um, and then yeah we, we were kind of working along some concepts of what it could be and what it you know, be all important, what are we going to call this place? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we ended up going to the museum um, and just classic kind of movie scene in the archives, just like going through these big, you know, big filing, filing cabinets. cabinets of all the yeah, yeah. archives of Mandra. And just pulling out interviews and we discovered that the site where this place sat on um, was the original garage in Mandra called Scott's Garage. Um, owned by the Scotts brothers, and they built this, you know, fuel station and mechanics, but then um, transport company in the 1930s. Um, so anything that was coming in or out of Mandra was through the Scotts brothers, and they're really instrumental in building the town. Um, they were known for being these community figures that were really giving and, you know, a bit of the larrikins, and it really aligned with everything we wanted to achieve. Um, but also the original Art Deco facade from the 1930s still the is front. still there. Oh, that's and, awesome. And no one knows that piece of history. Yeah. So we thought if we can tie this really important piece of history and really um, showcase that and tell that story whilst we're trying to shape the future as well, it's this perfect kind of mix between the two. 
plus it fits in with this big garagey looking place <laughs> yeah. that we're going yeah. for. And yeah, it's kind of a, a bit of a different name that kind of piques people's interest and sparks a conversation, which is really important to us as well. So what's in store for 2020 for Scott's Garage? Yeah, so we've just um, finished a run of events over Christmas and New Year's, um, and that was about really trying to hit all different demographics and um, creatives essentially so we had live music we had comedians um, drag queens <laughs> djs um, all sorts and then really trying to have heavy collaboration with local business as well um, and showcase what they're doing and really interesting things there so 2020 we want to continue that aspect and having a space where other local businesses can test and create and we can really help facilitate that for them in the space um, and then the, the second half is creating this really interesting, diverse hub where creatives can come and collaborate and create, break stuff and make <laughs> stuff and then hopefully facilitate some spin-off initiatives uh, across town um, and beyond from that as well um, and be able to support them in that. So we've been really lucky to build some really strong relationships now with the, the, the local government um, and the council, uh, but also local businesses and suppliers and the town itself, the community. Mm -hmm. So we really want to be able to provide a platform for others to showcase what they're doing and create some cool things ultimately. Yeah, that's awesome. I really can't wait to see your journey grow and Scott's Garage evolve over, over the years. So it's really exciting. And I think it's really powerful having guys on the podcast sharing experiences and advice. So what advice would you give to someone who has a burning desire to start their side hustle? Just do it. Get out so your own way and do simple, it. <laughs> simple as that, just yeah. do it. I think it, looking back on my, my pathway, the... I don't have any any regrets, but if I was to do that again, I'd probably look at you know thinking about it less and just just giving it a go. Because yep. at the end of the day, if it's something you're super passionate about and enjoy, that's where the magic happens. That's exactly, you know, yeah. you've got nothing to lose. What about you, Ollie? What advice would you give to someone who maybe is on a path where they're not quite clear on, or they they're looking to use their strengths and talents in a way that they can help other people? Yeah. I think, firstly, just being really raw with yourself and saying, why do I want to do this? Getting back down on paper and just taking, you know, an hour, a couple of hours just to sit down and uh, go through a process of, you know, what does an ideal day look like for me? Um, what do I want my life to look like? And then how can I use my strengths to achieve that? And then, like Nick said, just getting stuck in and starting it. I think... The world we live in, you know, entrepreneurship and taking a risk, taking a chance is so important, but it's also becoming more and more valued. So at the end of the day, if you hit 30 and you go, you know, I really haven't achieved what I wanted to achieve, this hasn't been as successful as I wanted it to be. You're going to have all these learnings which are really valued in traditional career paths as well. So the downside for me is really minimal in 2020. Well, so the upside is infinite. So you can take these risks and take these punts. And if you still want to go back to that traditional pathway, you can. And it's really valued. Um, but you're going to, through this journey, have learned so much, have broadened your network, collaborated with people often 
above the potential payroll or leadership level that you would be working alongside if you're doing it internally. What have you got to lose, really? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'm really grateful for connecting with you guys. Um, oh, thank you. I feel like I see you guys on social media a lot and that's the power of the socials, but to actually sit down and have a chat with you guys and really dive deep into your story. So thank you for coming on today. Oh, thank you for thank having you so us. Much. And also really grateful for the space and resources here at the Happiness Co. Julian and the team, they're just so giving. Um, and yeah, the Happiness Co. Hub is now released, so really grateful for that space too. Um, and yeah, how can we find you guys on the socials? So you can find <laughs> <laughs> socials. Oh, we waited You can find Scott's Garage on Facebook and Instagram at Visit Scott's Garage. Uh, you can find our, our company, which kind of will be putting out everything that we're working on. We're not just working on Scott's Garage. We've got a million and one different cool projects. Um, that hopefully you'll get to see very soon, and that's at LXF Community. And you can follow me if you like at Nick Bevan. <laughs> Love I'll it. That's <laughs> Cool. Well, thanks so much for sharing your light and education on the podcast today, guys. Thank you. Thanks so much thank for having us. All good, and thank you to our wonderful listeners for tuning in today. Have a fabulous day, and remember, go and kick some goals. <laughs>